Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Valerie Biden Owens, Valerie Biden Owens, the sister, the only sister of the President of the United States. By the way, let's just stop right there. How, how cool is that? Your sibling is the President of the United States. Yeah, but for the record, Michael, I want you to know it's not been easy raising an older brother. And, and we're going to get to that, believe me, because I can tell you really did raise him, didn't you? Well, uh, I've been with him my, from the time I opened my eyes. Uh, he put his hand out and he said, come on, Val, we got places to go and things to do and people to see. And That's we never went stopped. off on our journey. It's never, never stopped. stopped. In, the, in the book, the description, I think, was, and I pictured uh, the kind of bike that I had growing up. I had a banana seat with, we called the monkey bar handles. And I've got this image of like the two of you at a very early age. I'm not sure who was pedaling whom around, but one was riding and the other was like attached at the hip. Yeah, it was Joe. And I was really very good. Joe rode the bike. And, you know, there's a straight bar across so I was either sitting on the crossbar, or I could hop on the back fender, or I could jump on the handlebars. I was really good. I, I mean, totally I could do it. it. I could have gone in the circus for a routine. Here's the, here's the here's the question though: Did Joe have the 
the uh, uh, the presence of mind to put baseball cards with clothespins oh, yeah. affixed so that the spokes, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. Would sound like, uh, boy, yeah. now all of a sudden, aren't, aren't we the older ones? Like, yeah. how, did, how did time fly by so quickly? Let me mention, you've just published a memoir. It's called Growing Up Biden. Congratulations on the book. Thank you for being here. I am sipping Wawa coffee. This is not a commercial for Wawa, but... Can you lead a normal life now that your brother is? Can you go into Wawa? Can you do all the things that you used to be able to do when Joe wasn't the president of the United States? Or has this really impacted on a day-to-day basis how you can lead your life? No, it 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 hasn't. I mean, I go into Wawa and nobody knows who I am. And uh, they do when I go on shows. I mean, there's a, there's a segment of people who pay attention to what's going on and that, that matters. But I'm... I'm Valerie Biden Owens. I've lived in the same area for, I guess, 30 years now, and I don't. Nobody pays any special attention to me. I interviewed. Or should they? I uh, interviewed recently Indra Nui, who was the first female president of Pe- PepsiCo. Similarly, wrote a, a memoir, really interesting, and she talked about how she would go out and and do like a reconnaissance. She would go into supermarkets because she would want to see how the Pepsi products were lined up on the shelves. Mm -hmm. Do you have, as as sister of the President of the United States, any means of keeping your ear to the ground, you know, where where you just want to know what people are? You walked in, and I have TV TV monitors here on MSNBC, on Fox, and on CNN, because, like, I want to know everything. What's your means of gathering intel to make sure that the President knows what people are thinking? Well, I... I think I'm, I, I hang around with just ordinary, regular, middle-class American people. You do? And, yeah. And what I – my husband teases me all the time because we'll go to a restaurant. I'm carrying on a conversation with him, but I hear clearly what's ha- what they're talking about at the next table. Right. So I always listen, and I'm always – when people who know me and like me will call and tell me – something good or bad or what I, I should be telling Joe to do. And and then, you know, you, you there are there the naysayers, the people who don't like my brother, and when they do recognize me, they do come up and tell me what they think of him and I say, Thank you very much and I hope that you don't break your ankle when you turn around and walk away. But uh, something or you'll, that's what I think of. Or you'll you'll pull your You'll pour coffee in their lap. Yeah, some, yeah. Because you did that. As he I deserved re- it. T- tell me that story. Who who was he? Uh, I don't know who he was, but he was supposedly uh, a good Christian, quote unquote. Who had? Well, I assume he came from Mass across the street. The, I was in. It goes back when Joe had his aneurysm uh, in February of 1988, and. Uh, I had been down at Walter Reed Hospital with my whole family and my husband, and we found out on Saturday night that Joe was going to uh, be alive. He was going to live through this uh, serious operation. It's the first time I had ever heard the term morbidity versus uh, mortality. Uh, So they said he was going to live, but it would be a long recovery. So my husband, Jack, and I drove home to to Kennett, where we live, and uh, the next morning, I took my daughter to tennis lessons, which for Christmas, I gave her mother-daughter tennis lessons because something, we're Catholic school kids. We grew up playing hardball, baseball, football. 
I never no knew, rackets. I never knew right. anybody who played golf for tennis. So my, uh, except my husband, uh, uh, at a late, much later date. But anyway, my daughter and I were supposed to take uh, a mother-daughter tennis lesson. So I dropped her off at the tennis place, and I said, you know, mommy, you've been such a good girl. You know, you take this a private lesson, and I'm I'm going to go up and get a cup of coffee at the local diner. The local diner was very crowded because Mass had just let out from across the street. It happened to be the the church that Joe and I went to grammar school in. There was one seat at the bottom of the counter. It was a, it was a inverted J counter, and I slid into it, ordered a cup of coffee. I'm kind of like I'm just remote, and there's a man at the down at the foot of the counter with three or four men surrounding him with the Sunday newspaper, Wilmington Sunday newspaper. The headline said something, I'm paraphrasing it, but cut Biden's head open, you know, he's alive. And the guy said something to the effect, I'm surprised when they cut it open, they found anything in it. Too bad he didn't die. And the three or four people. Right after Mass, he has this thought. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know whether what he came from. What was the homily from, that day? Yeah. Now, I don't know whether he came from there or not, but right. that's where everybody was it. streaming in. And I found it was like an, uh, an outer body experience. I mean, I actually saw myself get up from the counter where I was with my coffee in my hand and walk down and around to where this group, they were in the corner, and I tapped him on the shoulder that everybody got hushed, and I said, I'm Valerie Biden-Owens. That's my brother you're talking about. And my family and I really want to tell you what a good man you are with such good wishes about my brother. And I just turned the cup upside down. <laughs> put and it down it. on the cup. Yes. Put it in his crotch. Yeah, and put it on the counter, and it was like, You couldn't hear a thing. <laughs> I walked out. Picked up my daughter, drove home, walked into my house when Jack was there, and I immediately started sobbing. I said, you can't believe what I just did. I told him, and I said, I'm so bad. And he said, no, Valerie. He said, you didn't do anything wrong. Now, if I were there, I would have thrown him through the plate glass window. <laughs> now, that would have been bad. Did you tell Joe? Uh, yeah. Later. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was recovering, and I think Jack told Joe. Uh, and, you know... Joe would have said, that's my girl. Hey, growing up Biden. Yeah. Growing up Biden. Um, TC, take down the Trump picture and hurry. I told you. Oh, yeah. I isn't told that, you to take down the Trump picture. Well, now that I've heard that. Isn't that really that cute? Now that I've heard that story. Are you kidding me? I walk in to say, t- growing up Biden right? and talk about my book. And I Thank look you. and there is the Trump and, oh, yeah, Val, my host. Val, Val, Joe's over there. Obama's right, like, right Yeah, Joe's us. over there behind the camera. Joe's jo- never invited me into the Oval Office. Or Joe. Joe. I'll, take down, I'll take down Trump when Joe invites me into the Oval I'll Office. I'll see what I can do. Let's talk after we see what happens on this show. And by the way, okay. Trump, I mean, Joe is behind the chair. Trump is in front. Thank you. Thank you. I said the same thing. It's not right. It's very rude. Okay. Can we get very back to the rude. book? Yes, let's. All right. Let's. So Joe's the oldest. and There's a, th- a three-year difference between the two of you. And yes. then and then Jimmy and then Frankie. Yeah. That's the order. Yeah. And it's about three or three and a half uh, between all of them. And, and all that's a good old rhythm system in the Catholic Church. I totally my get it. I, my, my mother, one of eleven, by the way, from Hazelton, because you guys oh, originally Scranton. from Scranton, yeah, um, and they're from Hazelton, and that's why, like a lot of this, I feel like I've I've heard before. 
a lot of tragedy surrounds the family. Thank God the four of you still here and everybody close, right? That's that's correct. And I think... What's the just, secret to that? Um, mom and dad raising us and telling us from the time that I can remember that we were a gift to each other. And we believed it. And I've always said my three brothers are a gift. My husband, I earned. But, uh, I mean, I was, I was fortunate. Uh, you know, you just gave me a great compliment, even though I'm sure you didn't even try it to do it. Tell me. It, you said... You saw in the book of growing up in Hazleton, and you saw a lot of the same stories, yeah. and that's the magic of family, and that's what I want. If you could pick up the book and see yourself in it, then that makes well, me really happy. Okay, so so recently I went – I told this story earlier, but now that you're here, I, I want you to hear it. So mom was one of 11 and grew up on East Green Street in West Hazleton. In fact, she would be upset with me if I said Hazleton because it's like Hazleton, West Hazleton, even though they're the same in my view. And then my dad was from Auden Reed, which was a, a, a coal community owned by one of the coal companies on the outside of town. But mom was one of 11. And within the last 60 days, we went back to the house. Oh, back I home. pulled up out front. And when I pulled up out front, I'm like, mom, it's half a twin. Where the hell did everybody sleep? And she says, well, you know, here's who was in this bed. Here's who in this bed. Who, here was in this bed. I, I don't know how they got it done. And then when I get to your book, I love this part. You said this. Just like our Scranton home, our Mayfield house was multi-generational. It did not house the same relatives permanently, but it did permanently house relatives. Throughout the years, our house welcomed my father's brother, Frank, my grandfather, Pop, my uncle Boo Boo, my great aunt A. A. Al, my father's first cousin Bill Sheen, all for extended stays. Reflecting on the situation as a married woman, I have often wondered how my parents made it work. Where did my parents find the privacy to talk, to argue, to hold, to comfort each other, to enjoy an intimate relationship? They were always taking care of someone else. In addition to their four children, they had no privacy and lots of unsolicited opinions and advice. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And to us kids, it just seemed natural. It was home. I circled that part because I thought like the whole book, if I had to sum it up in one paragraph, that was it. Yeah. And it was a it was a regular, ordinary uh, split level, three bedroom split level to get to the second floor. It was five steps. Uh, my mom and dad had a, their own room, of course. My brothers in the middle, two sets of bunks, and then my being the only girl, I had my own room because I was special. I, I had the privilege of interviewing the, um, well, then Senator Biden because he had just published a book uh, in 2007. He was running in the 2008 campaign, a campaign that you managed. By the way, you're the first female first woman to ever manage am i getting this right a so president yes. a presidential campaign yeah okay so joe published by the if i say joe i don't mean that in a in a that's fine I we're just, talking about family now. Go, Go okay so he published promises to keep and he came on my radio show at the time to talk about it i want you to hear something it's it's 90 seconds long but he's talking about grandpa roll it it's coming yeah. There's a there's an anecdote in the book. I hope you'll you'll uh, you'll share it that has to do with some advice that you're given from your grandpa and oh. the, the Scrantons. <laughs> will, you, will you will you tell indulge me with that quick story? 
Sure. Well, you know, everybody used to come back to my grandpa's house. I, we lived there for a while because Dad was looking for work after the war, and uh, um, and we'd come back to Grandpa's house uh, after a ten thirty mass at St. Paul's, and all the men would sit around the kitchen table, the women would sit around the dining room table. They'd be at the lace tablecloth drinking tea, and the men would be arguing politics and sports. And one day, one of my dad, one of my grandpa, who was a, a, a man of, as they might say today, a man of rectitude, there was a story about a. a a, a local county chairman who was always getting in trouble and, and was in the front page of the paper and they were arguing about him and I knew my grandpa liked him and he turned around and looked at me and my grandpa said you're wondering why I like Pat so much aren't you Joey and I said I was about 14 years old I said no 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 pop he said well let me tell you the difference he said you like Mr. Scranton don't you and I said yeah and then he went on to tell me a story he said Packy will tell you he's going to do such and such to you he, I'm going to cut your heart out Ambrose I remember him saying and he'll and you know what he's going to do He'll He'll do say, it. I'll help you, right. and you'll know what he's going to do. And he said, now, Mr. Scranton, he said, I could call him today, go down there. He'll say, come down, Ambrose. I work for the Tribune. Come on down. And he'd go down, and he'd say, and I'm shortening the story, and he said that uh, he, uh, he said he'd pat me on the back, and he said, what can I do for you, Ambrose? And uh, I'd tell him my problem, and then my grandpa really smacked me on the back, and uh, I thought he was mad at me. And uh, and he said, uh, he said, well, I'll see what I can do, Ambrose. And he said, it wouldn't be like I got to the second landing outside his front door that I felt that warm trickle of blood down my spine. <laughs> and then he said, you know what they said? Joey said, the landed gentry will do to you, never do to you at the country club what they'll do to you on the street. And I looked at him and he said, Joey, they think politics is for the Jews and the Poles and the Irish and the Italians, not for them. So anything goes. And uh, he said, so that was my grandfather's notion about you just, you, you just keep your promises. You know, you count on people who uh, who do what they say and say what they do. It's sort of the foundational principle of uh, not only politics, but I think of life, that, I, uh, you know, you keep your promises. That was the title of the book, Promises to Keep. What runs through your mind when you're listening to your brother? Tell me that story about your grandfather, too. Well, there, there are a couple things. First of Tell all, me. that pop, as we called him, uh, that's the pop that Joe knew. Now, when we grew up in Scranton, uh, I left we left the family. I was five years old. Joe was eight. And we would go back up home on weekends to visit. My grandfather was in his prime years with Joey at the time. I was, there's a big difference between five and eight and eight and 11. You know, I wasn't interested. I wasn't in the kitchen talking about politics. So when I knew, as I knew Pop, I was his favorite because I was the only girl. And he was a man who was in decline. Mentally, he was acute, but physically, he had had a, a stroke. And I watched Pop as my mother cared for him with love and tender care. I mean, he could get around, but with a cane, and he was not the, that vigorous man that Joe knew. Uh, so I knew him as a doting grandfather to me, not as a political icon or a figure. My father, what Pop said, it reminded me, my dad growing up, my dad said, your word is your bond. That's why you've heard my brother say, and me, because I am a Biden. You know, I give you my Biden word of honor. Now it's, oh, you, you, you know, when I say that, it's like, oh, you, you. I give you my word as a Biden. He yeah. loves saying that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I say it. And it's like, oh, you're, you're saying like your brother. No, I am a Biden for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I give you my word as a Biden. And that's, that's what dad said that, that mattered most. I, word. I reread, I reread Joe's memoir because he's he's written again of course but I reread that book 
in anticipation of meeting you. And another large part of it was the message that he received. I'm not sure whether it was from his grandfather or his father was get up, get up, get up. That's that right. constantly you were told as kids, and of course you were told not knowing the adversity that the family has had to deal with, you got to get off the canvas. Yeah. And also that my mom said, and you know, every life, um, uh, it, bravery lives in every heart. And she sure, she was sure that it would be called upon. And you know, do you remember when the Pope came uh, to Washington? Sure. Pope Francis? Yeah. Well, Bo died on May 30th, and, uh, 2015. You tell this story in the book. Yes, I do. Uh, yep. Thank you. No, no, uh, tell everybody. Yeah. And uh, uh, so the Pope came to Washington September 23rd, Pope Francis, and 2015. We were, uh, my daughter Missy and I went with Joe and outside in the Basilica when we sat where the VIP sat because he was vice president at the time. And they had the big jumbo screen, the Pope's homily, and across the screen, the, mar- the the message was, keep moving forward. And I swear to God, sitting there, my word is abiding, I thought the Pope was speaking directly to me and to my brother. Keep moving forward. Get up. Get up. Get up. And Joe got up, and he is where he is now. As my mother would say, with the help of God and the goodwill of the neighbors. There's Look, there's no accounting for what life dishes out to you. I mean, there's only accounting you, for how you deal with it. There's kind of a funny part of that story that you tell in the book, too, which is that I think you were seated in one particular location and somebody approached you and, and said to your brother, oh, you know, uh, you're supposed to be down in front. And Joe's reaction was to say, no, that's not necessary. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you said, no, Joe, we're going. Yeah. Well, that was uh, right? the other pope, you know, and I was pregnant uh, with oh, our that's third right. child. And uh, was that Pope John Paul? Yeah. And he blessed you. No, it was um, Francis. Yeah. It wasn't Francis. Okay, it was I give one up. Before. Getting all my popes yeah. mixed up. Now you're screwing me up for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Let's just call him His Holiness, okay? okay. Uh, one of them. Yeah. All right, you're sticking around, right? Like the yes. water's warm. You're going to hang out a little bit longer. Yes. Okay. Because I got a lot of questions. I have not been able to. I have not yet been able to ask. Um, thrilled to have Valerie Biden Owens. The book is called Growing Up Biden, and we'll come back with our special guest in a moment. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Valerie Biden Owens in studio discussing her memoir. It's called Growing Up Biden. yes. She is the sister of the president of the United States. You'll not be surprised to hear that I, I met your brother, Joe, where? On an Amtrak train. Yeah. I actually met your mom. This was really cool on an airplane. And your mom got on a flight in Philadelphia. We all knew who she was going to Denver to watch your brother accept the nomination as the vice president of the United States. And and she had sort of a regal, um, silver-haired, as I yeah. recall, white silv- whitish hair, White, yeah. whitish hair, pardon me, and came on and were like, wow. Yeah, I was there with people who were in the media who were going out to cover the convention. It's like, and it made me think about her experience. She's going out to watch her son, you know, become the nominee of his party for vice president of the United States. Here's the question. How much of Joe's success were mom and dad able to see both of them a big part of his Senate election? Yeah. But uh, dad died in 2002. Now, my mother was um, was very proud of my my brother. But when people would, the butt part is when people would come up to her, which they recognized her and say, oh, Mrs. Biden, you must be so proud of your son. My mom's answer was, which one? I have three. <laughs> and, uh, and she, and she meant good. it. You know, my father now would have taken over the plane and had champagne sure. for everybody. My mother was much more, she's proud, but she was quiet so mom got to see joe elected vice president yes not president dad got to see joe elected to the u.s senate correct joe gets elected to the senate in 1972 he's 29 you're a school teacher and you take a leave and you go and you run his campaign and then you ran 
every one of his six successive camps, successful Senate campaigns thereafter. Yeah, but I, I didn't take a leave when I was 1972. I remained a teacher at the upper school at Friends School in Wilmington, Delaware. And the press dubbed us the Children's Crusade because my students uh, all got involved. I said, look, you can come in the classroom and learn about public policy and about politics, or you can get your fannies out on the street and work with me and, you know, deliver this literature and go to these events with us and get involved in practical politics. In 1972, there was a, uh, a, a, a relationship between the issues and youth that created such energy. Our issues were civil rights, for civil rights, against the war in Vietnam, and the environment. We were one of the first campaigns to even mention the environment. And 18-year-olds could vote for the first time. Was this the job that you showed up in a miniskirt, driving a Corvette, and mm. holding a stack of Playboys? Okay, so you want to be a smartass, huh? <laughs> well, uh, it happened, right? Oh, yeah, it happened. That was my first job uh, when I got out of college. I was teaching uh, outside of Washington, D.C., and there's a lot to this. Do you want to explain? I please. mean, that, that, no, I love it. Please. Uh, okay, so it's Joe's Corvette. Yes, he had come down. He and Neilia had come down to my apartment for the weekend in Washington to to attend some kind of law school event in Washington D.C. He left his Corvette in my parking lot. Uh, so the first morning of my school, I got up and I grabbed my material, got out went in my car, which is a little Chevy Corvair, and. It, it wouldn't start. And I said, holy crap, how could this be happening to me? And I ran back up into my apartment to my roommate, and I, her name was Marty. I said, Marty, can you drop me off at school? I'm going to be late. And she said, Valerie, if I drop you off at school, then I'll be late. So it was both our first days. So I grabbed up. I saw Joe's keys. I remembered his Corvette was there. I grabbed up my teaching materials and the keys, ran out, Stripped the gears trying to get out of the parking lot. I, I had learned how to drive a stick when I was 16 because my father m made me do that. But I'd never driven one since. I drive up to school. I'm 10, 15 minutes late. I race into school, my, get to my classroom door. The vice principal is standing outside. Where is Miss Biden? I ran and put my books down. And I, had, I did have a miniskirt, but it, I was, it, was a, it was not inappropriate. And um, I put my books down on the on the counter, picked up my other uh, desk, and picked up my lesson plan. And underneath there was Miss August, uh, 19, Playboy magazine, August of that year. And I the articles are great. The yeah, articles are great. And what happened is that in the the week before, right at the teachers' lounge, when we were all preparing the new teachers to start the school year, one of the male teachers was talking about great articles in Playboy. And I said, oh, come on, don't give me that stuff. That's mal malarkey. It's you true. Know. You it's look, not malarkey. You look at the pretty pictures. I That's give you okay. my word as a Biden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they said, have, well, have you ever read it, Misjudgmental? And I said, no. And he said, well, I'm going to bring over some articles. I'm going to bring over some magazines, and you can read them. And he, he brought them over. I put them on the stand going out the door. We're right next to where the keys were for Joe's Corvette. And when I ran up to get my roommate... I put down my lesson plan book on the table to say, Marty, can you come do it? Take me to school. She said no. I picked everything up again and ran out and with the stack of Playboys. And that day at lunch, the vice principal came up behind me and uh, said, uh, Miss Biden. And I turned around and he had a, a plate full of shredded lettuce, which he said, I thought you might enjoy this. 
And I said, oh, yeah, the Playboy Bunny. <laughs> I made a big impression, a big splash oh, that first bet. day. Uh, yeah. Everybody wanted to have American history taught by Miss Biden. Yeah. When I read this in the book, I said to myself, those had to be Joe's Playboys, his car keys sitting right there. No, it was it was the, the guy in the lounge who taught whatever math or whatever it is in 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 the junior high school where I taught uh, so no they I'm sure Joe probably had looked at Miss August or whatever but it's not it's not that it just happened that th- this was not his stack too funny okay coming back in a minute with more stories from from Valerie Biden Owens we really appreciate your being here the book is called growing up Biden I'm not giving it all away for free the book is chock full of these reminiscence what what am I trying to say TC just fabulous Fun stories, stories about growing up Biden. I, yeah. I like what, what Val said about recognizing your own family in those pages, because that's what I'm sitting here hearing that we all recognize. We well, all... initially, I thought it was like a northeastern Pennsylvania kind of thing. No, but I don't I think I don't there's think, a universality. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And wait until you hear the stories to come. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Joe goes off to law school. He's at Syracuse. You had been at the University of Delaware together. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when he comes home, I guess from spring break where you hadn't been permitted to go, but he was able to go to Florida. Do I have this right so far? So we were both at the spring break episode. We're both in the University uh, of Delaware. Okay, he has yet to go to Syracuse. Yeah, he's a junior in college. I'm a freshman. And he comes home from spring break and says, I've met the woman. I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And uh, that was Nelia. That was Nelia. And she was magnificent. And she was smart and beautiful and kind i don't want to um i I don't want to delve too deeply into the facts of december 18 1972 other than to ask how hard was it to reconstruct her passing and the passing of their baby as part of your explanation of the role you then played like i have this image of, of you going to jimmy and going to frankie and going to joe and tapping everybody's recollection, or was that not necessary? Well, it 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 was necessary because you know the each of us in t- uh, we the, what happened. We all had a process in our own way uh, because Nelia uh, Joe shared Nelia and the babies with all of us. I mean, they they were we we thought we collectively had them because we didn't have children: Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Frankie, and Aunt Val, and of course, Mom, Mom, and Dada. So trying to put uh, put it in perspective, um, I I talked to I I didn't talk to Joe again and to relive it because every time you talk to him, he has to relive it. Uh, but I I asked Jimmy because I was with Joe, so I don't know what Jimmy was doing back here. Jimmy was the one who made everything okay as far as logistics and and the reality of of Nelia's death and funerals and you you think joe knew when you told him you think he already knew that she was gone uh yeah yes uh jimmy biden called me and said come home we were joe and i were in washington he had just been elected yes age 29 to the u.s senate and it was spring break i mean excuse me it was christmas vacation so the senate was not in session we went to washington to interview staff remember joe's 29 years old so the staff, we had piles and piles and piles of resume. Everybody wanted to see this bright young hope of the of the Democratic Party. This young man who had the future in front of him, had a beautiful wife, had three magnificent children. And in six weeks' time, we were elected November 7th, December 18th, 
the entire world turned on its axis, and we have a young man um, with his heart ripped out. And I did exactly what my brothers would have done for me. I said, Joe, I'll move in until it's time to go. It's unbelievable. A tractor-trailer unfortunately strikes the car that Nelia is driving with the three kids, Hunter, Bo, and Amy in it. Nelia doesn't survive, and neither does Amy. And he's just been elected. Is he going to serve? What's he going to do? Maybe he'll go to Vermont. Yeah. Right. Instead, yeah. not even not even serving this in this. And who could blame him if he, he if he did? Yeah. He told the News Journal that the uh, the state of Delaware could get another senator, but the boys couldn't get another father. And he just didn't think that he would be able to do this. So and this to me is really the the crux of the book. This is the heart of the book. The decision that gets made. It, Joe is then living. I guess with with Nelia and his young family on North Star Road, and the solution is Aunt Val, you will move in, and that's what you did. Yeah, but it you know it it wasn't a big deal. I said I literally said, literally a Biden word, <laughs> said to Joe, uh, "I'll come and stay until it's time to go," and he just nodded his head. That was but, it. That but, was but the Val, end of the discussion. Val, you were married yourself at the time. It was a big deal. Uh, it's called family. I mean, honest to God, it was not heroic. Why wouldn't I do that? No, I'm. And I'm, it was, so, and it I'm, salu- I'm saluting you. I'm not. I'm. It's a. It's just. I mean, there wasn't really even a room for you, right? At the at yeah. the time, yeah. There was. There was a, a, a landing. Yeah, <laughs> there was a room in the landing, and it, it it had enough room for a bed and a bureau in it, and that's where we. That's where we. Hunter was four. Bo was three. Uh, they were. They were just. Yeah. And no, you, reversed. Bo is the elder. But Bo was four. Hunter yeah. was three. Pardon me. Um, the lemon yellow upholstered Queen Anne chair. What's the significance of the chair, and where is it? Well, the chair is in my daughter Casey, who is our youngest. Uh, it's in her home in Seattle. She has two young babies. One baby girls. One just will turn uh, one and the other will turn three in May and June. And uh, Casey took the chair with her because uh, it was the chair that Joe Joe and the boys and I uh, went to a, a, a furniture store in downtown Wilmington. And this is when we changed that one little bedroom into a bigger room for Aunt Val when I was there to stay with my own bathroom and and a, a fireplace even. And uh, we went to get furniture, and the boys and I ran through the store to, to pick out whatever one thing I wanted, and it was this chair. And it was a chair that I spent my training wheels as a young mother with Bo and Hunt. I was never their mom. I never wanted to replace Mommy, who had been killed. And I always wanted to leave room for a new mom, hoping that. I mean, Joe just turned 30 now, and I... He had his whole life ahead of him, and I wanted him to be able to love with abandon again and hope that he would find that woman, which he did five years later uh, with Jill Jacobs. So I didn't want to block out that. So I was always Aunt Val. And as I said, uh, I had my training was on with Bowen Hunt, and then we all were living together when Jack and I married and our daughter Missy was born. I don't know why this part just really struck me when you're talking about going to the furniture store. My king-size bed currently took up just about the entire room. 
But with an extension coming, I needed more furniture. One spring Saturday morning, Joe, the boys, and I took a trip to the best furniture store in Wilmington about an hour before they opened. Joe pulled out a stopwatch and said, game, game show style, okay, Val, you have one hour to go through the two showroom floors and pick any piece you want, any price, but just one. The boys and I raced, giggling through the empty aisles, Hunter and Bo calling me eagerly, Aunt Val, pick this one, Aunt Val, how about that? In the final minutes, I was struck between a lemon-yellow upholstered Queen Anne chair on the one hand and a blue cushion club chair on the other. In the end, I chose the blue, and today the chair lives in my daughter Casey's home. She adamantly refuses to replace the worn fabric. It's, it's as if this chair has come to symbolize what you went through, the, the, the length to which you were willing to go to be a, the ultimate you know, sister? I think, it, no, I just think it's the chair that I held babies in. And it's a chair that I was a young mother and a young aunt to Bow and Hunt, and they would, it was, it's about um, comfort, and it's about holding, and it's about caring. You, you ultimately marry Jack. Mm-hmm. Jack, like me, is a dandy. Yes, yeah, see, you are a very We're good both dandies, dresser. You're very right? both, yeah. No, it's funny. My kids Great call dressers. me a dandy as a pejorative, but then you referred to, to Jack in the book as a dandy, and I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. But listen, so now, now what happens is, and I promise I'm not giving it all away, people have to buy this book. If they really want to understand Joe Biden, much less Val, buy the book. You marry Jack, and now under the same roof, it's you and Jack and Joe and Hunter and Bo. Correct. All of you together. The station, you called it, because what? The house was on Station Road or something? No, because it was everybody Just a was train coming station? and going. It, everybody was coming and going all the time. But so. by the way, that says a lot for Jack that he's willing to enter this dynamic. Yeah. I te- there's a story that I tell in the book. Um, I f- was absolutely crazy about Jack. I would have walked off the face of the earth. Not initially, but okay. You're not Well, he took 10 years to woo me, but I finally, I mean, he was a little slow, I'm just <laughs> right, saying. Right. But uh, I was nuts about him. And it's Christmas time, and uh, this is after dating for a, a year and a half. Uh, anyway, we decide we're going to get married. We're like, what are we waiting for? And, and he said, well, okay, let's plan. And I said, how about May? May, and I know this sounds corny, but May is spring. It was a Blessed Mother's Month. That's what we grew up thinking, and it was new. It was be a nice time. So he said, okay. So he leaves. He goes back to his apartment. I'm home at North Star, and he picks me up the next morning for 9 o'clock mass. I'm at the top of the steps when he comes in, long steps at North Star. I have my robe on, and it looks like I've been through a fight. I mean, my face is blotched, and I'm crying. I cried all night long. And he looked up and he said, my God, what's the matter? And I said, I can't marry you. And he said, Jesus, what happened in the last eight hours? And he came up the steps and I said, I can't leave the boys. I can't make them lose another mother, even though I knew I wasn't the mother, but I can't leave them. And he said, oh, for God's sakes, Val, if that's all there is. And he put his arms around me, held me close. And he said, we'll work that out. There's no problem. So I Two lions moved in. I mean, Jack is an Irish Catholic bard. He wants his own woman in his own house. Right. But the boys were more important, and he would never make me. He said, when I choose you, I choose the boys. There was never a crossword in the entire time we lived together. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Michael Smirconish. 
for independent minds. Valerie Biden Owens. The book is called Growing Up Biden, a Memoir. We have just a couple of moments left behind. I'm going to run the risk now of offending you, and I hope that I don't. But I want to tell you something because I don't I don't want you to leave the studio and then Frank will will tell you or Jimmy will tell you. I'd rather you you hear it from me. But it comes with nuance. So give me a chance to explain. Do you, I get a comeback? Of course you do. <laughs> you don't talk about Hunter as an adult in the book. And that's cool because that's really not what the book's about. And you certainly talk about Hunter and Bo, and as we just descri- described. I want to say something about Hunter. I have a nuanced view. I have said on this radio program, so you should know this, that I don't like the way the media in the 11th hour of the campaign put the kibosh on the whole laptop issue. I think it should have been litigated. That's number one. That's the part you don't like. The second part is I've followed that story very carefully. And because I have followed it carefully, I think I have an insight into Joe that I otherwise would not have. And it's this. That laptop story is not about business dealings. It's about addiction. Because I got an an image, a glimpse of Joe as a father trying to save a son that I believe we are all one degree of separation Mm -hmm. away from in this country, everybody, that I wouldn't have understood if I hadn't read all that information. So oddly, like the story that I think people wanted to protect Joe by keeping it out of the public view was a, a story that gave me an insight into the president of the United States that I wouldn't have today. And when I think about and, and Joe to me is not a guy who wanted to line his pocket. My God, he spent his entire professional life in the public arena. He reminds me of Arlen Specter, my mentor in that regard. Joe's a dad. And anybody who's just listened to all the stories that Val Biden has told in the span of the last hour, I think would appreciate that. Now you get your comeback. Well, um, I just was looking around. This kind of vacuous after that profound statement. Thank you uh, that you just made. Do you think I make some sense? Uh, Yeah. uh, I think the sense is, again, um, every single life. Every single family in America has either tasted or brushed up against addiction. And Hunter walked through hell, as he wrote in his memoir, Beautiful Things. And he was in hell for years. But he's walked out. And uh, all the Venus and all the love, but it's the love of his father and his mother and his family that, um, that was there with him all the time. And um, and it's and it's a great gift. We're lucky. We're lucky. We've got the family who whose child survived. Uh, so my my kind of smart, not kind of smart ass remark. It really well now it's a real one. I'm looking around the studio here and I see the color purple and there's yeah. a lot of space on the wall for where are you going to put my picture? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a pleasure. You're a real pistol. I mean that pistol's a a, a good thing, you know. Okay. So. Um, You'll come back. I, I You'll come so, back when, I when you write the, the sequel. Uh, I certainly will. The Thank book, you. The book is called Growing Up Biden, a memoir, Valerie Biden Owens. I promise I, I have only scratched the surface of all the Biden family tales that are uh, that are published in it. I wish you all good things. Wish wish health Thank you. and good things for your brother. All God your, bless. Hey, all your brothers. All three of them. All three of them. <laughs> Thank you don't you. even know which one I was talking about. I could have been talking about Frank. Well, that's I, I'll take or it. Or Jimmy. I'll take it. <laughs> They're a handful. 
Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs> 